0: Oh, no, I just did. Yep, but it was... Today's program has been brought to you by the International Culinary Center, offering courses that range from classic French techniques in culinary, pastry, and bread baking to Italian studies to management, from culinary technology to food writing, from cake making to wine tasting. For more information, visit internationalculinarycenter.com. You are listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn.
1: Hello, welcome to We Dig Plants on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Alice Marcus-Krieg. And I'm Carmen DeVito. And today is our 100th show. Woo! 100. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Thank you, thank you very much. Thank you, studio (laughs) audience. Thank you, studio audience.
0: Congratulations.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Jack. (laughs) It's our 10th year in business, and this is our 100th show. So Carmen and I, independent of one another, made a list of our top 100 things, that we love about gardening and horticulture. And some of our favorite shows and favorite people. Yeah, so it's kind of a recap. of, of- Yeah,
2: of our experience here and our experience with horticulture. It's winter, we're kind of in a reflective mood, you know? Yep. yep. And I was saying to Alice um, earlier, I was try- when I was trying to put together the list, and like Alice said, we didn't share it with each other because we didn't want to taint the results. Right. You know? <laughs> and I realized that I wanted to... I thought a good way to do it maybe was to be like Maria in The Sound of Music.
1: Oh no, I hope there's no <laughs> singing. I won't sing,
2: but these are some of our
1: favorite things. It's going to be like a Family Guy episode. Exactly. <laughs> I'll, be da-da, da-da, da-da. I'll be twirling
2: on a platform.
1: Anyway, so da-da, do you want to start, da-da. Alice? Uh, yes, I will start out. This is actually going to be our non-sequitur show, I think. <laughs> yes,
2: bear with us, but you're going to learn about a lot about us yeah, uh, during this, show. Yeah, it's going
1: to be fun. Okay, my top... Well, actually... I don't want to put these in any hierarchical yeah. order. It's yeah. just a random assortment of favorite Me too. things. It's not in these any order. These are a few of my favorite things. Okay, one thistles. I love thistles. Yes. I'm happy for thistles. Number two, Carmen Devito. Happy for Carmen <laughs> Devito. <laughs> Woo! And number three, my library of horticultural and art books. Yeah, those are those are my first top three things. Take it away, Carmen. Okay. Well, mine was very plant-heavy.
2: I know I'm going to geek out on the plants a little bit, um, but I
1: no, pla- you never do that. Never
2: either that or <laughs> compost. Um, <laughs> but their plants are what made me fall in love with horticulture. Mm-hmm. You know, and I s- had to really kind of narrow it down because the list was so massive. But I have to say, begonias. You know, that's the Victorian lady in me. Any kind of begonia, I love, and dahlias. Yeah, dahlias. I, d- if I could be, dahlias are on my list. Dahlias are—they're—they're—they have to be in every garden, I think. You know, Carmen, tighten up your corset. That's right, and <laughs> and smell the dahlia, and then also papyrus and jasmine. Yes, so I can pretend that winter's never coming. <laughs> exactly, and like it is very shortly. We're on the heels of it. So those are those are up there.
1: OK? Uh, abstract landscape paintings. That's nice. very inspirational to me. The National Arboretum in Washington, D.C, because I used to take tours there as a little kid, and that's when I fell in love with azaleas, and the like kaleidoscope of azalea color. And while we're on spring. the subject
2: of places, I was incredibly inspired by this um, 16th-century garden or park. Uh, called Bomarzo. I've told Alice, I've spoken about it many times to Alice. Mm -hmm. It's one of the most phenomenal places on earth. And when I after I went to go see it, I I, it really redefined what a garden could be, you know, and sort of by contrast, and not very far from there in north of Rome is the Villa Lante, which Mm -hmm. is the most baroque and classical, you know, including water and grottos and mosses and plain trees that's you know that's another place that I found incredibly inspiring and sort of reinvigorating
1: you know the first place of inspiration for me was a spot of lawn in suburban northern virginia this was kind of my where i like cut my teeth it was i think circa 1974 and it was really my first attempt and success at growing and designing because there was this abandoned nasty plot of land that didn't have any grass growing on it and i took it over and that was my introduction and my first love and i was successful at it and i grew the best patch of grass ever right there yeah i think your dad's pretty proud of you yeah
2: that patch of grass turned into exactly (laughs) um yeah um i kind of correspondingly i love to work with kids and plants Kids by themselves, I don't really like them that much. Um, <laughs> but Carmen, you and I had that motto, no kids in the garden. garden. But I love one of the thing. one of the joys of having a child um, for me was going to his school every fall and planting bulbs with his entire class. Yep. And then in yep. the, and then coming into the classroom in the spring and giving them some kind of horticulture lesson. It was mm-hmm. such, it was so amazing um to, to do that and that's one of the pleasures of of having accumulated some knowledge, you know, over these years of working with Alice and mm-hmm. to share that with a new and, you know, because sometimes you get bored and, you know, you, you know the basics and right. so you kind of like ignore you
1: just You just flow through that yeah. so quickly. Right. So, but
2: to see a young person be excited mm-hmm. about a bulb and to know that, in four months' time, after they planted it, they're going to see this gorgeous tall tulip. And they did that. And that know? work
1: ethic of of instilling, like, if and you waiting. do this now, and then patience, this you know. will happen
2: in the future. Yeah. So that's one of my favorite things about horticulture.
1: Well, correspondingly, then I need to thank. If we're doing a, a countdown of favorite things, Mary Riley Smith, my yeah. first real garden job. Uh, she's a garden designer here in the city, mm-hmm. and her garden at the Cooper Hewitt Museum. Um, which was a wonderful relationship um, and friendship, Mary Riley Smith.
2: Yeah, And,
1: and, the, and, and the, Tony Smith And, and the, the Horticultural Hort yes. Society
2: of New York We have to shout out to the Horticultural Society That venerable, more than a hundred
1: year old institution Yep, where um, Carmen and I met yep. And secretly devised our plan for Groundworks That's
2: right <laughs> And Alice, Alice is the one um, Along with Scott Appel Who made me feel so welcome there You know, Alice told me where the staples were um, and, and First day I had such a lost <laughs> look on my face She's like, you need supplies for your desk, don't you? Let me show you where the <laughs> supply closet is Here's that, the Staples book. Good luck, and that yes, and that's <laughs> when I was like, okay, because I was like such a lost lamb there, you know. And Scott Appel, who believed in me and encouraged me from the minute he met me when we were before, you know, at Smith and At Hawken. Smith and Hawken, He and I both work there, and he encouraged me to start lecturing and to, to start sharing. He's the one that got me the interview yeah. at the Horticultural Sign. He's been on the show numerous times. Yeah. So those of you who listen are familiar with who he is. He's been he. I describe him as my horticultural mentor. Yeah, you know. I
1: wish I wish you could all see Scott too because he's right out of the nineteenth century. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he is. He's such a plant explorer, so to speak. Um, number nine on my list is my first public-private built library project that I did, which was in Ocean Hill-Brownsville. And what's remarkable about that is it's not too far from the studio where we sit right now in in uh, Bushwick That's
2: but this right. this
1: garden was installed the year Biggie Smalls died so every time i hear <laughs> Biggie 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 <laughs> Can Choosy i think of like grading and planting and maintaining that garden in Ocean Hill Brownsville Borca. and that was a challenge that People was didn't
2: want Alice really broke broke ground on a lot of levels no pun intended she broke ground in the garden she broke ground with a program because those libraries were the buildings were designed yeah the with, benefaction the benefact- never allowed never allowed for, for gardens yet there was usually some outdoor space it was
1: a, on a plot of land yeah right. and These it was like andrew carnegie built libraries. yeah
2: and they were beautiful historic buildings mm-hmm. they were uh, and they needed to have that that additional touch, yeah. you know, that Alice yeah. brought. Alice did everything, you know, fundraised, <laughs> dug the bulbs,
1: Everything know. but build the building. <laughs> yeah.
2: And she also had to, you know, on uh, some days, uh, clean up after the residents. Yeah. <laughs> who didn't always take very good care of the gardens. Well, you know? in that
1: vein, I'd like to thank and I'm very thankful for all my gardening friends. Pam Ito from yeah. the Hort Society. Monica Hanneman from the Hort Society. Sweet Carmen from the Hort Society. Tasha Eikenshair, who's now with National Geo. That's right. Um, Allie Fox, our current head gardener. Roland Trisco, one of our great gardeners. Alex Norelli, Kyle Cook, etc. All of our gardening yeah, panorama. People
2: people that, uh, that have um, – that every day – Work with us and allow us to make the time to be on the radio. Yeah, And allow us to step away from the day to day things and stretch yep. and grow and ourselves learn. Right. and learn and teach us things. The community. You know?
1: Yeah.
2: A community of gardeners. Um, well, lest we go too far from the plant kingdom, I'm going to list some plants I love. Yes. Um, I love passion vines past and I love blood red camellias. I'm going to tell you which one to get so that you can copy me. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, it's Greensboro red. Okay. That's the one you need to get. Um, Cause it's the hottest red. I love like Alice. I love pink azaleas, but only in the South. I don't think <laughs> I've ever planted no. one in the North. No. I love cornice golden prairie fire because my husband's from Kansas and I like to have a little patch of prairie you know to remember his heritage, um, and I love hydrangea aisha and little lime for being kind of the surprising hydrangea that you don't expect in terms of color and shape. So those, if you cho- choose those plants, you won't be disappointed. They'll they'll be really special.
1: Okay, and I'll continue the list with milkweed. Is yes. one of my favorite favorite plants because of the butterfly and monarch migration. Yeah. Um, another total random thing that I love is tours of Landcraft Nursery <laughs> yes. in February. Yes, <laughs> it's a tropical delight. And Dennis Schrader, oh, Dennis. and his partner—they've been on the show. They—they um, yeah. they are an amazing nursery out on the north end of Long Island. Um, edible pansies and salad—that's yes. an amazing thing—and grass and trees. I'm just thankful in the large sense for grass and trees. And that we get to work with them every day. Yeah.
2: And, you know, when I was thinking um, about favorite episodes and thinking about how um, what our show was about, you know, reflecting on what our show was about, I thought that Pearl Fryer, Alice, represented so much of the kind of feeling, you Mm -hmm. know, the kind of person and story that we like to tell community. on the show yeah yeah he is a self-taught gardener and topiarist yeah from bishopville north carolina right south south carolina, south carolina. Mm-hmm. and to me to me he represent how gardening can transform a person yeah you know and an entire community mm-hmm. and and it really represents the best of the stories i think that we've told if i had to pick
1: like one person's mm-hmm. story mm-hmm. um i thought that that uh-huh. Was Was great. Uh-huh. You know? And Joe Lample, who we just had on our last yeah. show, that's what he's, his show, Growing in Greener World, highlights. So that would be another one in that same vein.
2: Yeah, he kind of does. He, he, he looks for those kinds of stories, too. Yeah.
1: Another favorite thing about um, gardening is the winter trade shows. Yes. Mance, which is the mid Atlantic show yes. um in Baltimore. Yeah. The San Francisco Flower Show is really amazing. The Boston show. Carmen and I go to these in the winter just to reflect and kind of see what the trends are and see what's new. And then it's fun to come back and report to all of you listeners what is new, new and exciting.
2: Yeah. And we get to um
1: we get to be around a lot of men in flannel. <laughs> and that's really hot <laughs> as well. <laughs> And I'd also like to say, speaking of men in flannel, Jack is producing our show. Yay! Jack, the producer, I'm thankful for him. And he uh, believed in us when we walked in and said, hey, we want to do a gardening He We said, "Okay, <laughs> hey, right. here's a shovel. Can actually, we do a show?
0: Actually, I have to, re- I have to retell this story now <laughs> that you're giving me the opportunity. And first of all, I'm not wearing flannel, but that's okay.
1: No, you're wearing a Knicks hat. <laughs> I am.
0: And I remember the packages used to send. Uh, used to send. <laughs> we the, brought the, you. Carmen and Alice would send us... The sort of the radio pitch idea in the mail and then one of the packages came with a seed packet which I thought was the most awesome thing we ever got at the station.
1: Oh good! Yeah. We know how to woo people. That's
0: right and it's been awesome since.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Jack. Okay, another favorite. Crocus! Big purple fat ones that come out in February. Yeah, Alice converted me to that. I refused to plant crocus and she, she converted me to crocus. Those beautiful little thin stripes on that fat little leaf mm-hmm. or it's beautiful and Scythia at my birthday i know it's uh, brooklyn's plant forsythia yeah and it's ubiquitous but i have to say i love it that color in the in the yeah you know in the early early spring and even though it yeah it is people usually butcher it
2: um yeah it's into awful shapes when it's left natural don't don't touch it
1: no just let if it you be. feel you want to prune it prune it right after it flowers but lightly not into a ball no naturally And another favorite thing, and this is getting a little beyond the ornamental plant world, but it's still plant, is seaweed sculptures that Carmen and I made together in Cape Cod with my brother. Oh, my God. That was one of our... (laughs) Fun. Yeah. Like Earl. That was Hurricane <laughs> Earl. Hurricane <laughs> Earl. And we made seaweed sculptures that were huge. Yeah. After that big hurricane. It was so fun to work with plants. Yeah. In, in that aquatic
2: plants. That reminds me, we have not done an aquatic plant no, show. That's we, a we good need to do that. Well that'll
1: be one hundred and one shows. Yes.
2: Alice and I rented a little first of all, we we went shopping for food for like a month before we're like, we're gonna eat <laughs> for, our, for our five day vacation. <laughs> then we went there, we'd hardly touched any of the food We were like on the beach constantly, or hiking, or going to pottery. We're really sounding like
1: partners (laughs) in a different sense now. And a lot of pottery, (laughs) pottery trail. Okay, back to the list. Uh, Plants, right. Um, (laughs) Okay, here's another badass thing that I've done with Carmen. Closing a street to crane soil to the upper echelon of a roof. Six stories up. To create a garden. That is a... Fun, fun, fun yeah. task, and moving that thirty-five thousand pounds of soil, yeah, in six hours. Yep, that was really that fun. was
2: impressive. And
1: another favorite thing: dirt in my bra at the end of the day, and mulch. Too. How <laughs> awesome is that? <laughs> <And> <laughs> Some people yes. would say that's disgusting, but they would not be my friends
2: know it and it feels really good when you get it out of your bra it feels re- when you come home and take a shower and the lather is brown
1: it's actually really really refreshing when you fall into bed because you're so exhausted and you've you feel satisfied at the end of the day that's what i love yeah. about gardening when you walk
2: when you're working
1: in manhattan and, and you, then you get a subway seat on the, on the ride home because nobody wants to sit next to you. Or you have to go to a restaurant at lunch and you look
2: like a homeless person
1: because <laughs> you're so filthy. And you're carrying your, pr- your pruners on the subway and you look like a psycho. Yeah. Nobody messes with you and you have big loppers between your legs. Um, okay. Another favorite thing, the burpee seed catalog. Yeah. The artwork in that catalog yeah. is amazing.
2: Yeah, and I have to say um, the, um, the uh, White Flower Farm catalog, we've had them on yep. the show. Um, I always, in my early, early career, they were kind of inspiring to me. Those pictures, those gardens, I hadn't made very many sophisticated gardens yet, uh-huh. and I was still learning, and I would plaster up, you know, pages from their catalog as
1: inspiration. It was inspiration board. Um, Next to your Sean Cassidy poster, that's right.
2: <laughs> no, actually, I didn't like him. Who did I like? Leaf Garrett. Um, no, I liked <laughs> Mel Gibson, <laughs> Mad Max. Um, but i i loved I loved their language. It was it was not just a pla- they were not just selling plants. They were selling an entire vision,
1: yes. you know, yes. of things. And yeah. Alice
2: and I, I think, really apply that with our clients. We're not just going in and contracting. We're creating worlds for people, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that that's part of the reason that we've been successful, you know. Absolutely. It's because we give, we give people, we inspire people now. It's kind of, you know, come around full circle,
1: yeah. you know. Another favorite gardening activity is drinking water from a hose or spraying your head off with a hose water because you're so hot on a rooftop. Yeah, That's one of my favorite moments.
2: Yeah. I hate coiling the hose. Yeah,
1: I hate that too. That's (laughs) what we have assistance for. I never want to do that again. (laughs) Okay, and number 25, and then we'll take a break. For me, it's something we can't do anymore because of licensing, but I loved curating music to our Hort shows yeah yeah but we have good new music now that we're learning about yeah so let's take it away and go to a break stay tuned there'll be more when we come back
0: you're listening to Boy Crazy by Cookies on HeritageRadioNetwork.org she's dancing by herself in a mother's summer dress Oh, kid, she doesn't need your help She studied art in Spain Tall boys across her brain Yeah, tall boys, men, they'll do anything They sat her in the shade
2: International Culinary Center is a proud sponsor. The International Culinary Center is a
1: proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio network.org. The ICC with locations in New York and California provide cutting-edge education to future chefs, restaurateurs, and wine professionals. We're proud to claim Dan Barber, Bobby Flay, and David Chang among our honored alumni. This is Dorothy Can Hamilton from Chef Story. Check out our ICC website at internationalculinarycenter.com.
2: Hi, welcome back to We Dig Plants. Alice and I are celebrating our 100th episode. With a bunch of random thoughts. Just random <laughs> thoughts. Um, I want to come back with, um, I like to read a lot. Everybody who knows me well knows that I read a lot. Books made of paper. <laughs> um, <laughs> no that, nook for you. Not yet. <laughs> Probably this year I'll break down. But so I've read a lot of gardening books. I've read a lot of garden writing. And um, Alice and I had a show about um, Great Ladies of Horticulture. I yeah. don't know if it was season yeah. one or two. Yep. And while we were researching Great Ladies of Horticulture, of which there are many, um, I discovered Eleanor Perenyi, who was Mm -hmm. a writer and an editor and whose book was called Green Thoughts. And now it's considered a sort of classic of garden literature. And her style was really easy to read. And what I liked about her, the question that she asked and considered in her book was, what has been a woman's place in the garden? You know? And Alice and I kind of banter about this all the time. Hey, ladies. ladies. So I thought that her essay essay on the subject was kind of inspiring, and I want to kind of share um, some of her ideas with you. Eleanor, by way of sort of filling in, she was this kind of wealthy woman, a woman of privilege. She was a diplomat's daughter. She married this Hungarian baron, and then after World War II she divorced her husband, moved to New York, and in the 1950s was an editor for Harper's Bazaar, which was quite an accomplishment and Mm -hmm. kind of off the typical path. So she was kind of this working woman, you know, during the time when most women were homemakers. And that's what made her so interesting. And she, she said something that really stayed with me in my life. She said, women invented horticulture. They're the ones that went out into the fields and forests and domesticated plants while men were still chasing wild beasts.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I love that statement of hers, you know? And then she said, when men finally turned their eye to horticulture, women got banished to the flower garden. You know, and that's kind of where Mm -hmm. many of us have remained, Mm -hmm. you know, in a sense. And I just loved I love reading about her. I love the opportunity that this show has given me to share to find these people and to share about them. Well, that's
1: that's really crazy that 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 was your next thing, because my next number 26 is Beatrix Verand as the garden designer. Yeah. And then number 27 is and like I said, this is a bunch of non sequiturs for me um George Washington's quote of the future of America lay in the fields and the forests of the new world. Yeah. So that's crazy that that you know yeah. we were there right in the middle like you know. Yeah. Like I said Alice and I did not share our notes. We did not you know, share our notes. about
2: um yeah we we've, we've had some great great guests um not not to be all like you know feminist boots stomping on the ground but we've had some great guys on the show too yes um and one person that i find really inspiring is noel kingsbury we've Mm -hmm. had him on twice Mm -hmm. he's this amazing internationally recognized plantsman and author he just brings so much common sense and inspiration to his work everybody should read his his books yeah um and he's he can be serious and he can be silly you know, and, and he anybody who writes a soap opera based on gardening is a genius in my book. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah.
1: That means you know your subject yeah. so well. Well, let know? me then go on to say Pete Udolph. Yes,
2: I had him on my list. So overlap, overlap.
1: <laughs> so did I. And his plants. Yes. These, these are the plants that are um, displayed on the High Line. That's where most. And Battery Park. And Battery Park. Yeah. Uh, we had him on our show. Via the Battery Park Conservancy, um, another yeah, and he's a design. He I you know how I describe him, Alice, a one man design revolution. Yes, right. Absolutely. He's like he's changed. Yep, that whole Dutch revolution mm-hmm. reinvented. They couldn't do it in 1684. Now they've done yeah, it now. exactly. All right. Well, I'm going to hop a little a little far away on the globe, and I'm going to say one of my favorite horticultural things and places is the Lima Huli. Botanical Garden in Kauai, Hawaii. Um, I spent some time there with my great friend Pam Ito from the Hort Society the year of the millennium. That was a really fun trip and very um, inspirational for me. And then also another another thought about Pam and and what she's brought horticulturally to me is when she got married, her mother, it's tradition that – Japanese Hawaiian brides wear ginger lays, and they gave that lay to me and it that smell of ginger is so unbelievable and I got to have this lay um That's and it amazing. lasted a long time that smell yeah, Alice is has been talking to
2: me about Hawaii since then how I should go and it's, it's it is para- it's life-changing yeah
1: yeah another Great memory for me, and something I'm thankful for, is the Metro Hort organization. Yes. It's a networking organization here in New York of gardeners and landscape designers, landscape architects, people associated with the industry. When I got started in horticulture eight, 17 years ago here in mm-hmm. New York, I sent over 100 resumes when I was in design school at New York Botanic Garden. I sent over a hundred resumes to people that were listed in that group and I got about a thirty percent feedback, which is that is really a darn good. Before a Monster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and before the internet. And yeah. I just sent good old fashioned letters. And I'd say I got several job opportunities out of that. So Yeah, good. it's a great group. And you they have good these group.
2: amazing lectures. If if you guys are in the New York area, um, great speakers. Uh uh-huh. Plantarama every year is one of one of my favorite things to do. It's yep. fun. Um you get to sort of hobnob with some garden celebrities yep.
1: and see the plants, you know, the things that people are excited about. Okay, another overlap on the list. Uh Plantarama. Yes. One of my favorite things is going to Plantarama in January at the Brooklyn Botanic Garden. And you get to see this amazing witch hazel border yeah. of Arnold's Promise and Jelena. And there's just this huge hedge mm-hmm. that's probably 30, 40 feet long of, yeah. this, it, of this display. And it's one of my favorite things. And
2: we go whether there's a foot of snow on the ground yeah. or, you know, we've gone some winters where it was like balmy and some winters when it was awful and my favorite thing to do as well as you know to sort of go to lectures and hang out with with our buds is to to go into the um the tropical house in the winter yeah, yeah. And, and to go into the brooklyn botanic gardens breathe, desert house breathe
1: in that humidity
2: yeah it feels so good um Because I'm pretty sure that I suffer from seasonal affective disorder. Like, I really
1: miss the light. Well, I think also, I mean, what we keep kind of talking about is how there is a community of of people involved in horticulture in New York City, which is in itself such a weird niche. Because we're not talking financial markets, we're not talking advertising, we're not talking, you know, Fifth Avenue, we're not talking PR, fashion, we're not talking all the like traditional New York industry things. We're talking food, we're talking horticulture, we're talking community people, gardens, and it's all right here in New York and that's what Heritage Radio is all about. And people don't
2: when people when we tell people from out of town what we do, they're like, "Where do you garden?" Yeah, you know. Yeah. And the thing is, there are so many places to garden here yeah. if yeah. you want to. Yeah, you know, personally or collectively. Right.
1: I mean, one of my favorite things when I moved to New York and I was feeling a little lost is going to the farmers market at Union Square. It was like all of a sudden there's this network of people that are all like minded, you know. And then you get to buy a tomato and bite into it, and all of a sudden you're transported. You're not on a sweaty street corner. You know, you're yeah. like in the middle of a field, you know, yeah. eating this like delicious, wet, juicy little sunshine. Morsel. Ball. Yeah, yeah. I know. it's amazing. And, you
2: know, back then it was less, not that many people are doing it. CSAs are extremely big right now. And right. restaurant, what do they call? Restaurant SA, RSAs, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I belonged to one on the Lower East Side 20 years ago. Uh-huh. And it was amazing. I mean, yep. the farmer would come from New Jersey. We would meet at the community center, um, and he would bring. You know, sometimes we'd be irritated because he had like a really weird assortment of things, and you had to be really (laughs) creative or or too much like kale, too much kale, (laughs) one potato, one tomato. You know, but it was a way to meet people. Horticulture brought us together, and we also um, before the Lower East Side was completely developed, there were some community gardens, and I had a small plot with chickens, with chickens, and I grew a few things. Yeah, you know, and it and it made me happy, and my very First garden was there in the Lower East Side on my rooftop. I didn't have much money. I used plastic grow pots, yeah. I, but I had pots of sunshine. I had yeah. sunflowers. I had echinacea, and I remember some of my one of my most fond memories is me up on the roof. You know, when you have like a small dark apartment in New York, you yeah. crave some outdoor space, and you would haul the you I'd would ha- haul the hose <laughs> yes. up the flight of stairs from so right? your kitchen window, from your kitchen sink, and I would le- and I had a little lounge chair and a piece of astroturf, and then the kids in the projects overhead would be like yelling, "Hey, lady! Hey, lady! <laughs> you know, <laughs> hey, lady! Hey, lady! What you doing? What you doing?" And that's like such a
1: great New York memory for yeah. me. You yeah. know, yeah. What are you growing? Well, actually, I was thinking also about New York and horticulture, and I was thinking about my dear friend from the Queens Botanical Garden, Susan Lasser. We had her here on the yeah. show. That was a great show. Yeah. She wrote a book all about uh, public garden management, and, and I looked up that book because I wanted to get a quote from her. Gardens are places of pleasure, spiritual connection, and expression of social value. And I think that really sums up – gardening for me in the city and 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 even in the country like what a garden does and the community and the people that galvanize around that i think it's 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 a great world it's a great initiative for us and to that end i'm very thankful for new york botanic garden and for brooklyn botanic garden as places of resource that we have at our fingertips yeah that somebody had the foresight more than a hundred years ago to set aside that space, uh-huh. you know. Here's and another great, another great quote that I got. Um, according to this, is from a historic gardening book that I have uh, about New World early mm-hmm. American gardens, colonial gardens. According to English law, in the vacant style, he that hath taketh possession of it and bestoweth culture and husbandry on it owns it, which I think is a great ideology and husbandry 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 yeah which leads me
2: to one of one of my favorite things about plants is that they have sex in the open okay <laughs> yeah. they're not shy about it nope speaking of husbandry um <laughs> and we had a great guest a while back i think it was this earlier this year um, on the sex life of plants yeah um because as humans we're a lot more private <laughs> about it you know we had um uh And we had Paula Gross with, um, she was an assistant director of the botanical gardens at the University of North Carolina in Charlotte, and she talked about some of the weird ways that plants mate. Yeah, yeah, you know, and some of the weird ways that they try to attract um, pollinators. It makes. You know, teenagers seem mild and, by comparison. You know, they'll just do anything to get pollinated. And that was a fun, that was a really fun episode that stuck with me. I wish now, somebody would make a rap video
1: about that. <laughs> I'll get my son on it. He likes to write sexy raps. <laughs> One of my other favorite plants, Davidia involucrata. Yes. They're such amazing, beautiful specimens. They really look like, butterflies yes you know in the open air um, kind of hovering amongst the trees they call it the, the handkerchief tree the right? handkerchief it's tree. got these
2: big white um,
1: E.H. Wilson discovered it yeah
2: and we had show about what about, well, was one of our earliest shows was yeah. the plant explorers and he was hunting for that specific thing. Yes, you know. Um yeah. he and you know, I love that era of horticulture too, the 18th and 19th century when people would invest uh-huh. so much, you know, nurseries and governments would invest. Yeah.
1: Countries were founded on it. Yeah. And yeah. let's go out there. Let's see what's out there. Uh-huh. You know? Yep. That's what I that's how I like to think of myself. Let's see what's out okay. there. Um I love Carmen and my and our gardener's ability to wrap southern magnolia trees and keep them alive along the New York coastline. Yeah, we have um, a garden in Manhattan Beach, which just got devastated by Hurricane Sandy Yes. and these um, trees. Actually, we haven't checked to see how these trees are I should are go doing. look down
2: there. They were 12 feet when we planted them, right. which was
1: very risky. And then it was really amazing to wrap them and create these kind of winter sculptures with you know, burlap. They, were- they look like the Three Wise Men, which is a great thing to put in front of a synagogue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving down the line, um, another one of my favorite things is watching summer thunderstorms approach from the Shapiro's rooftop. Now this is the Shapiro's are one of our clients and they have this amazing rooftop that that is at Union Square. So it's really this wide open 360 space. Three hundred and sixty degree. So we get to watch these crazy rainstorms come in over Manhattan from New Jersey. And standing up there as you're like Baking and you're dehydrated and you're you know so hot and then this thunderstorm is coming right at you and you're like hurrying hurrying to get done with your gardening. That's, that's one of my yeah. favorite things.
2: And the shapiros in general and and some of the amazing people that we wouldn't have had the opportunity to meet, right? Um, and the places and the views that we've been able to see because yeah. of these amazing homes and gardens that we've had the privilege of of working, working, on. working yeah. on, you know, yeah. and uh, we have to say with, you know, with few exceptions, we've worked for amazing people in New York, yeah. you know, and we the Shapiros are definitely on the top of the list because.
1: The, and Myra Shapiro will, she's a poet and yeah. she's going to be on the show in this winter. In January. I yeah. mean, she comes up,
2: she is the kind of person you want a garden for. She appreciates every little thing you do.
1: Yeah. Speaking of passion flower. That's right. She, she, uh, she wrote a poem about passion flower and, um, Carmen, that was one of Carmen's early, early list yes, numbers. That's right.
2: Yeah. And she dedicated yeah. the poem to us, which was very surprising and amazing. Yeah.
1: You know? Okay. Moving down the list. Um, Blueberries yeah blueberries are amazing the plants are amazing the fruit is amazing the color in the fall awesome pine forests of cape cod and to be able to sort of try and recreate that in some instances that we've had the opportunity to do with some of our gardens planting bayberry you know fragrance on top of a on top of a roof um Sometimes we get to excuse ourselves from clients that we know we can't satisfy. That's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. We've had the, um,
2: again, non sequitur, but I want to make sure that I, that I include these, um, cause we do use them a lot in our gardens. I call them the pompous sisters cause I can pretend that I'm in the South American pompous when I plant them. <laughs> um, and I love how grasses work on rooftops. Yeah. You know, it just, it takes you out of yourself and, makes you think you are either at the beach or or just somewhere else other than New York City. Uh-huh. So the three that I love best is Nassella tenuissima, uh-huh. which is like a Mexican hair grass, a yeah. just gorgeous plant, Bergia capillaris. Uh-huh. It's just like amazing glowing plant in the late afternoon and Penicetum redhead, uh-huh. just beautiful, indestructible, you mm-hmm. know,
1: forgiving and can- good old can- Miss Campus Morning Light. Yes, you know it's yep. just tried and true, always there. Two more favorite plants: moss and lichen. Yeah, I and we we scrub these a lot <laughs> as they grow. On patios. Yeah. But I, I love that plant. I love the tenacity of it. To me, it's like New Yorkers, you know? Dark, surly, always there. <laughs> can't really get rid of it. You want to touch it. Infectious. <laughs> but you really can't. Slimy. Sort A little slimy, slimy sometimes. <laughs> Grows in,
2: likes dark places. <laughs> And when you see it, there's one particular client that has the most perfect specimen growing in a pot of a giant rhododendron, and I would want to go visit that client just to see that moss, see if it was still there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's there. The idea of it, you know, when when it's drought, summertime, it kind of disappears, and then as soon as the rain and moisture comes with the fall, it it comes right back.
1: All right. So we are at number 50, or at least I am, because I've been talking a lot. And I have to say, my favorite thing is the fact that we have an opportunity on this radio show to talk about gardening and to create such a list with my good friend, Carmen.
2: Thanks, Alice. That's
1: number 50 for me.
2: Well, I didn't really num- number mine. I was very obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't that organized. You can tell who the literalist
1: is. And, that,
2: and you know what? Actually, I'm usually the one who's kind of anal. <laughs> Which is very fun to, you know. I'm also the one that once got a, a car stuck in the potato patch. So once in a while, I surprise <laughs> Alice. But I kind of want to end, um, and I, I didn't really have 50, but that's okay. Um, I want to end with my parents. Because even though they technically really discourage me from gardening, <laughs> and yeah. they were like, this is not a profession for you. <laughs> I, <laughs> didn't, I didn't send you to NYU for this. This is crazy, Carmen. Yeah. Why you um, do this? Why you do this? Why you got to be diff? And I have to say, even though their words um, discourage me, their lifetime of gardening and self-sufficiency and locavoreism <laughs> <Yes. laughs> um, trickled down uh-huh. and really helped me become who I am. So yep. they're in the top 100, too. All righty. Thank you. 100 shows Thank you Thank you for listening To We Dig Plants On the Heritage Radio Network Anything else you want to add Alice? No Happy gardening
0: To 100 more
2: Yeah See you next week